he is the one who destroyed the three cities that is why he is known as tripura samhara story we are all very familiar with so the story part i am not going to go th- i mean okay briefly and then uh, the story and then we will see the significance of what tripura samhara means for all of us the uh, three rakshasas they went and uh, performed penance because they wanted boons from lord brahma and so three three of them were rakshasa brothers they were and when uh, lord came uh, appeared in front of them he asked what do you want of course they all wanted immortality they didn't want death therefore the lord said that is not possible because one who has been born has to die one day ask for something else so all the three of them consulted with each other they thought they were very smart and they thought they will ask for something wherein the boon of uh, immortality will be hidden in it so therefore they asked the lord we want three cities in which of course they will be uh, residing in huge cities and it should have fort so fort city actually three of them one will be made of gold one will be made of silver and one will be made of iron and all of them since they are flying they will be flying in space and and they said we will always be flying therefore you know one will be up one will be down somewhere south the one the third will be somewhere in between therefore it's not possible that they always will, will be in a line but then they said after 1000 year this is what they asked brahma after 1000 year in once in every 1000 years we will align ourselves and when we have aligned ourselves that means when we have come in one line all the three of them all the three cities at that point of time when we have aligned ourselves and we are in one straight line if anybody can with one arrow destroy the three cities that should be the end of all of us so lord brahma agreed and said tatastu and he went so they thought now we are invincible so three cities flying cities made of gold made of silver made of iron all of them and they uh, they again planned among themselves that for a fraction of a second once in 1000 year they'll align themselves and come in one straight line let us see what the gods will do so they always have to be aware watching over when these three cities will come in one line and at that point of time in a fraction of a second if anybody can discharge a weapon or an arrow only then their destruction is possible therefore they thought they were invincible and then as usual they went about creating havoc everywhere in all the worlds therefore everybody ran to lord shiva and then asked him that you must somehow or the other uh, manage these uh, destroy these rakshasas he said don't worry so we are told lord shiva was waiting watching so when we are watching we have to be extremely vigilant extremely alert because when the three of them will align who knows and that do they will come together uh, in one straight straight line only for a fraction of a second so everything has to be ready bow has to be ready arrow has to be ready everything this beautiful story is there in our puranas what constituted the chariot and what constitute who is the charioteer over there uh, what made up the wheels of the chariot etc and then who created the chariot for lord shiva to sit in the chariot what became the bow what was the arrow and all so lord shiva was sitting in, uh, in the chariot waiting for these three to come in one line 
So it shows to us how uh, alert and how vigilant Lord Shiva was. He was just waiting, 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 waiting. And once when the three cities, these three Rakshasas came in one line, in one straight line, when the three cities aligned themselves, Lord Shiva discharged the arrow. It went through all the three cities and burnt them up, reduced all the three cities to ashes. Of course, the Rakshasas also are reduced to ash. And then we are told Bhagavan was so happy and of course all the Devatas were all very very happy. So they showered praises on him, glorified him and he is supposed to have done his Tandava Nritya. It is called Tripura Samhara Tandava Nritya. So he did his Nritya. And this, this is the story. And the ash that was lying over there, because he has reduced, destroyed all the three, burnt all the three cities and reduced them into ash, that ash itself he is supposed to have adorned himself with and then danced over there. This is the story. Now, what is the significance of it? Pura means a city. So, pura, one who is residing in a city is called as Pura Kaisha. That is why Purusha. Purusha doesn't mean male as a contrast to feminine. We are not talking gender over here at all. All of us are Purushas only in the sense there is the Lord Isha residing in the city. Which city is he residing in? There are three cities packed one into the other. The body city, the mind city and the intellect. All the three of them are cities by themselves. City is somewhere where we are doing transaction. So, with our body we transact, with our mind we transact, with our intellect we are transacting. Such a big world by itself, our world of emotions, mind, our world of thoughts, idea, value, desire, intellect and of course the world of actions in which we are constantly engaged in the body. So, three cities over there, body, mind and intellect. All of them are playing about at different, different, different levels. Intellect is not the mind, mind is not the body, body is not these two. So, it's going on. Never ever when we are, we as we are individual human beings, when we are doing our transaction in the world outside or within ourselves also when we are sitting down and thinking of something, whatever it is, most of the time we are off balance. Off balance means all the three cities are not in one line. This is with respect to city. Now, we again coming only to the mind also. That the, what, the, what do the three cities represent? They represent body, mind, intellect, equipment. They also represent all the three groups. The, the groups which uh, where there are three, three, three. The, the three cities represent past, present and future. We have a past world, past city in which we were all engaged in. Now we are in a present city. And there is of course a future city for us. So three realms of time are also referred to as three cities. The three gunas which we are all going through. Sattva guna, Rajoguna and Tamoguna. The entire 14th chapter Bhagavan talks about these three gunas. And he says when Sattva is on top the other two are down. When Rajasin is on top Sattva and Tamas are down. Doesn't mean they are equal. So he says one comes up and then there is the other, the, all the three of them are in different, different, at different, different levels, let us say, within us. So again, Sattva, we are in a Sattvic world, there is a Sattvic world in us, there is a Rajasic world in us and there is a Tamasic world in us. 
according to the gunas they, so according to that we also become sattvic rajasic and tamasic three so the th cities three cities represent the three gunas they represent our three equipment they represent the three realms of time periods of time they also represent our waking state dream state and deep sleep state the three avasthas in which we are all transacting and we are all doing vyavahar so all of them put together is we such a huge complex we are a complicated complex where is balance there is never any balance at everything is okay still we will say i don't know what no something is worrying me something is bothering me something is disturbing me it can be a disturbance or when we are very happy play uh, you know um, success has come achievement has come that also is taking if this is down that is up so never so both are out of balance only we say she is flying in the ninth cloud she hit the clouds etc which means we are off balance so even when we are very happy we are off balance when we are very sad in grief in sorrow also we are off balance never ever are we balanced that is why in the second chapter krishna says samatvam yoga uchyate if you can bring that state of equanimity in yourself with respect to all these you are a yogi he says it's as he makes it so simple for us but when we try to do something only then we will know how difficult it is so therefore lord shiva over there represents a spiritual seeker all of that is supposed to be within us shiva is inside us bow and arrow is inside us the three cities also we are so that whole entire incident that is that has been dramatized and pictureized in the puranas is nothing but our, our inner journey so a spiritual seeker wants to attain balance samatvam yoga uchyate if he can bring about a balance within himself and enter into that state of neutral equilibrium that itself is the state of enlightenment mukti moksha so he is waiting and waiting and waiting in the seat of meditation wanting to attain that state when will that happen when all these three are in one line how to bring that balance that is what we are calling as our spiritual sadhana whatever path we are following bhakti karma jnana dhyana any path what is it that we are trying to achieve we are trying to bring in a balance within ourselves which is in in other words uh, mentioned as transcending both mean the same either we say by bringing in a balance or we say transcending so transcending the three equipment transcending the three gunas and going into the state of nirgunatva transcending the periods of time going beyond kala kalatitaha transcending the avasthas the the jagrat avastha the swapna avastha and the deep sleep avastha and then entering into that fourth state of god consciousness so we can use the word transcending or we can use the word bringing in a balance so therefore the seeker is sitting in the seat of meditation trying to do this only so the whole thing has been dramatized for us outside when will happen when uh, the seeker sadhana progresses slowly 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 it becomes more and more intense within himself there's nothing for us to do outside of ourselves at some point of time mukti happens moksha happens enlightenment happens 
it it can never we can't fix up a date and a time for that at all it happens it happens that's when that happens that is a that is depicted as lord shiva releasing the arrow when he releases the arrow everything gets burned everything gets burned doesn't mean in our seat of meditation somebody is going to light a fire or burn up the our equipment will get burnt in the literal sense it doesn't mean that at all we have transcended the seeker has transcended all these tri groups tri dash hyphen groups and reached that state beyond all this and that state is called as the moksha state or the mukti state or the nirvana state or the state of enlightenment and we are told everything and what did he do when the arrow was released obviously it must be a fiery arrow arrow of fire because the city is got burnt we always liken knowledge to fire the fire of knowledge and what knowledge is it this is spiritual knowledge what the teachers have given to us and they tell us to sit down in our seat of meditation and contemplate on so the arrow which was released is nothing but the fire of knowledge in the fire of knowledge what happens everything gets transcended or we can say everything gets burnt because fire burns so in the knowledge in the light of spiritual knowledge everything gets transcended and in simple words we can say in the fire everything got burned when everything gets burned whatever it is gold city silver city or the iron city all of them changed into ash and in the ash we can't segregate and say this ash is from the gold city this ash is from the silver one this is from the iron we can't do that at all or this is with reference to the body or the mind or the intellect or this is with regard to past present future nothing ash is ash uniformly oneness so the ash represents oneness one without a second state they call it as the kevala state or the kaivalya state kaivalya pada one without a the advaita state in which our masters are reveling and we call them jivan muktas so the ash over there represents that's that highest state of liberation which lord shiva adorns himself with he supposed to smear himself with that ash and then dance what is the when do we dance when we are happy so he represents for us the blissful state of realization and therefore he is doing his tandava after having uh, you know accomplished this tripura samhara not that uh, a person when they realize will get up and start dancing this is going on inside the music and the dance of realization is happening within himself nandati nandati nandatye vain bhajagovindam yogarato va pudim anywhere ajivan mukta let him be in the midst of people or let him be in solitude let him be in the marketplace or let him be in the caves of the himalayas let him be living a luxurious life or let him be uh, living a life where nothing is available for him including the next food the next food uh, you know uh, lunch or the dinner that days is not available for him but he who is who has realized he alone is reveling and reveling and reveling where within himself that's the meaning of ananda tandavada tripura samhara 
the uh, after the after that is accomplished he danced and he danced with the vibhuti on himself the vibhuti represents which means the person who was still till now uh, uh, identified with nama roopa guna kriya name was there form was there qualities were there he or she was uh, attributed with some activities that person who sat down over there to do meditation a spiritual seeker is no more now there he he has realized and become that one without a second he has become so that is what is the the higher state has overwhelmed him he can't walk into the higher state gurudev used to say you can't walk into it just like we can't walk into sleep we are feeling sleepy we can't say i'm going to walk into sleep if we if we keep on desiring for sleep sleep will, sleep will never come so we have to make some adjustments around us and about us inside us and outside us and then just invokes sleep sleep will come and overwhelm us she will come from outside and inside and embrace us pervade and permeate us so that we would have fallen off to sleep that's why we can never ever fix say at this this uh, hour this minute this second i fell off to sleep we can't do that so the sleep state comes and overwhelms us and we do not know when we went off to sleep similarly the higher state comes and overwhelms them and that is represented by the vibhuti on him the basma on him basma is also called vibhuti bhuti means glory vibhuti visheshena glory because so many of us have so many glories around us and about us i did this i am qualified for that i do this i am rich i am poor whatever it is i work over here i have made this much of property all our glories but this is a different sort of a glory altogether it is vibhuti so that basma is also called as vibhuti what is shiva's uh, ornament what is shiva's glory shiva's glory lord's glory is nothing but to be reveling in that higher state always he is always in that state is represented by this very beautiful triparasam samhara it comes in the puranas bhagavan is identifying himself with arpurandaraha one who destroyed the three cities so actually everything must be happening subjectively in us all that should happen subjectively in us has been put out there in front of us as beautiful stories so entire inner spiritual pilgrimage has been put out there in the form of stories in the form of rituals for us so that it becomes easy